Hi, this is Jeff Noble, and you're listening to the FASD Success Show. Do you struggle when trying to communicate to other people about your loved one with fetal alcohol? Do you struggle in IEP meetings? Do you struggle with talking to other family members about your loved ones with the spectrum? Do you leave these meetings feeling small, unheard, insignificant? If that's so, you're going to want to listen to this because my guests today are Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You're going to hear from Chandra and Jordan. They're going to talk to you about what happens when they learn more about FASD, which in turn help them learn more about their kids, which allowed them to go into meetings and help communicate those points of FASD with confidence. And then they had a feeling of authority, which totally helped them take control of the accommodation discussion. You're also going to hear about what helps them keep their marriage together with six kids. So get your walking shoes on, put your driving gloves on, and let's get after it. Welcome to the FASD Success Show, the only podcast where you can get real-world information about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. This show will help you create calm in the chaos, have hope for the future, and more importantly, save your sanity so you don't lose your flipping mind. Now, here's your host, caregiver turned world FASD educator, Jeff Noble. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome to the FASD Success Show. Whether this is your first episode or the 85th episode, I am so glad you're here. I totally get the fact that you have limited time because you're working so hard, keeping everything at bay, everything under control, putting out fires all the time. So the fact that you spend this time with me, it is much appreciated. So a shout out to you. If this is your first time listening to us, you're in for a treat because this podcast is all about FASD success. It's about creating success, whether you're an individual on the spectrum, if you're a parent or caregiver, or if you're a professional, if you are in somebody's life in some capacity, the more you know, the more you can help families grow. Ooh, I like that. It's a big bonus. So I really do appreciate that you are here. And you know how we create the success? We talk to people who are doing great things, who've been on amazing journeys, who have done excellent research, who have lived experience, that we could take these little nuggets of wisdom and we can implement it into our own lives to help create that change, to create that hope that we know we can achieve with the right information in the right community. And today, the episode, it's off the chain. It's excellent. So first thing I want to say, get this part out of the way, is that if you're digging what we're doing, if you like it as show, can you do me a favor and subscribe? It's going to help you because what it does is as soon as we drop an episode, boom, goes to your smartphone, device, tablet, wherever you're listening to us, and it tells you, hey, listen, there is a brand new episode. Check it out, and you can dive right in, give you a little sanity, give you a little help. Give you an excuse. Oh, got to go for a walk. Got to listen to the show. And it also helps us because it tells the algorithm, it tells the people in the back, the beep boops, that our show is relevant and that people are subscribing to it. So when there are caregivers out there, when there are people out there who are looking for FASD information and they plug it into the old Google machine or Spotify or iTunes, we come up and then that way we get to help more people, save more people and create better outcomes for everyone. Yes. Right? Okay. I'm jacked up. Like, I am pumped up because this is, there's a, there, it's a mixture between like pump up and panic. All right. Because this, I don't know whenever you're listening to this, but I'm recording this on the weekend. And on October 18th is when we officially start our free Caregiver Kickstart workshop. And it goes all the way from the 18th to the 22nd. Our first live session is on the 18th. And while I am uber excited, because what's different this year is the sessions are live. I have been doing the Caregiver Kickstart workshop for many years now, and they have always been pre-recorded because, honestly, I wanted to make sure everything was right and the messaging was good. And But now I feel pretty, very confident, actually, that you know I could perform this live and we can have a good time. Also a little bit selfish because I miss interacting with people. We have group coaching that we do, and that's excellent, but just like the thrill of teaching people about FASD and the live audience. I'm missing that. I can wholeheartedly say I'm missing that. Before, you know, our lives are different. And uh, while my life might be different than your different, 
because of COVID, I used to be on the road for half a year easily every year and then all of a sudden that stopped everything changed and doing it live is my very favorite you could see people with the light bulbs turning on you get to interact you get to meet people who've followed me for years on social media or on our email list but i get to do it on the 18th so there's three live sessions 18th 20th and the 22nd so if you're listening to this before the 18th go to fasdsuccess.com slash cks workshop it will take you to a registration page literally it's name email then we send you a confirmation email and you can get inside our workshop private facebook group where already things are happening people are meeting each other people are introducing themselves and i've already been in there live and i am posting in there every day we're getting ready we're getting ready for the main show on the 18th as of the recording right now we have 1087 people who are registered for this free event and i can't wait so it goes from the 18th to the 22nd now if you're listening to this during that week you can still jump on board you can still get in because the live sessions will be recorded and you can either watch it in the private Facebook group or, you know, we can send it to your email. So FASDsuccess.com slash CKS workshop. And at the end of the workshop, I am going to be opening registration for my full Caregiver Kickstart coaching program. I'm going to be inviting you to join like if you want. But during this free workshop, I am going to teach my heart out to show you that this is a way and to show you that we can create a positive change. It doesn't take long in terms uh, like the actual full course in six months but to turn things around we've been doing that and if you think about where you are right now and where you could be in six months from now it's awesome and during the workshop it's going to be a combination of me teaching and also sharing case studies success stories of people who have taken the information and are doing good things if you listen to last week's episode with angeline bruce she's so sweet she's the best she was an alumni of the caregiver kickstart well i'm doing it again chandra and jordan smith are also alumni of the caregiver kickstart coaching program and i was filming because i have a lot of these i have a lot of these case studies but i was just talking to them and because the case studies you try to keep them short but they were just gold it was gold in terms of they were telling what helps what works what they were doing how it helps now how they're feeling how they're more confident how they're more understanding how they're able to advocate better their kids are doing better they're using their kids strengths to create better futures and, and that's what we want that's what i want for you so without further ado in terms of a bio chandra is a mom she's an amazing mom six kids jordan he also works and is an amazing dad so not only is this story about advocacy and learning and understanding but it's also about having both parents on board what it was like when there was conflict within the marriage in terms of their approach in advocating and just overall day-to-day -day dealing with their loved ones on the disability to the transformation they have now to where they are and don't get me wrong not every day is sunshine and rainbows but we can have way more good days than bad days and they are a shining example of that now remember not all results are not typical all that disclaimer stuff but they can be your results too so let's have a good listen and then i'm going to jump back in because there's a lot of points to go over i'm going to rehash a lot of the things they talked about that are working for them okay so i am ready you're ready all right let's go all right folks here i am another Awesome case study. I am with Chandra and Jordan Smith. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Hey, yeah, no problem. Yeah. So, Jordan, you know, usually when we do couples, they're in the same shot. But, like, did you get in trouble? Like, did you have to... Whoa, whoa. It sure feels like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> we got a daughter. She's down and performing about four hours away from our house, two or three nights a week in a play. And, and we take turns. But it's my turn to live out a hotel for the week. And... Should oh, it's home. been his turn like 95% yeah. of the time. It's yeah, like his okay. mom asked me, how's Jordan doing? I said, how's Jordan doing? He's on vacation with Ava. What do you mean? How am I doing? Yeah, I know. I get it though. That's like before the pandemic, I used to travel a lot, right? So starfish on the bed and just channel flicking. And one thing I learned from a gentleman who is a journalist and would travel with a hockey team. And every time he was on the California swing, 
when he called home, the weather was always horrible and he wasn't doing anything, even if he was playing golf and having a good time with the fellas. But I digress. Listen, guys, thank you so much for joining me. You are, this is your first year. You just completed your first caregiver kickstart. You are very popular in the group, as people could already surmise. They love it when you guys uh, are on the call, lots of energy. But what I do want to know is like, Chandra, I guess you can give me the rundown. How many do you have at home and which one of your loved ones is on the spectrum? So we have six at home and there's two that we have like confirmed on the spectrum. You know, we have our daughter that there are some signs and things that we see that, you know, we haven't had her confirmed. Suspected though. You would suspect. Yeah. Sure. I, we had suspected for a while about hers isn't confirmed yet, but our, tw- our twins have been confirmed by birth parents and by the neuro report yeah, that so we've done sticks? for them. No wonder Jordan's yeah. at a hotel. Uh, in the corner well, too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. well, we'll get to Ava because she, uh, it's actually she's doing incredible things, right? She's really mm-hmm. doing an amazing job, and it's sort of a big deal what she's involved with. But you know, we're we're talking about people are watching this for with the caregiver kickstart workshop right now, and we're talking about the you guys your involvement in the coaching program. Maybe I can get an answer from each of you because you guys both participated well in a lot. I'll start with you, Jordan. Before you guys jumped on board, what was life like at the house? Hmm. It was hard. You know, it still isn't easy, but it was, I think there was a level of desperation, constant stress, questioning our parenting, people questioning the parenting job that we were doing, given our kids' behaviors, constant post-traumatic stress with calls from the principal about one son and no one seemed to, including ourselves, we struggled to really understand why our children were acting the way they did, given the home environment we thought we were giving them. So it was, it was really hard. I feel like as a mom though, I feel like as a mom, you get these like intuitions, right? And you feel, and so there was a lot of things about our boys that I was recognizing not knowing anything about FASD and saying, okay, it's really weird. Like recognizing that time was an issue for him, that he would ask us what time it was all the time and ask us, you know, there was recognizing the schedule and you said something and you'd perseverate, right? There are things that you kind of see and you know, but you don't know why. And all we're going with is this ADHD diagnosis or ODD or anxiety and because it's not that, right? So that's what we think it is. And we're trying to make sense of telling the teachers, okay, well, he has ADHD. And so this is why he's doing this and this, but it really, there's like a disconnect somewhere, right? And it's because that's not well, what it was. What we and find and out. It, so you ha- Shandra had the intuition part down, but not knowing the why. Yes. No, yeah. it, it was isolating. It really felt like we were, we were on our own. And that's, there were no that's awful because you guys are really lovely people. Like, uh, it's, I'm sure that people could could feel it now. There's no denying that you guys are cool beings. What's that like? You know, just you, you're trying really hard, and then people are questioning your parenting. It's hard. Like, I had a friend who I had. You know, this was before we knew it was FASD. So our boys, our twins, were not diagnosed until was it 11 or 12, Jordan? They were uh, in um, sixth grade. Probably 12. When they were diagnosed. So they're 14 now. So it's only been two years since we've even known that that's what it was. And I had a friend that before I knew, I said, kind of talked a little bit about the things that were going on at school. And I get this phone call. I need to go to the school. So she stayed here with my five-year-old, my son. And I went and got him and I brought him home. And she sees me like trying to ask Aiden questions. And I, at this point, knew that there was a weird, like I knew he wasn't lying when he would tell me stuff, but I couldn't explain why. I couldn't explain it. And I went out with this friend later that night and she just said to me, oh, I just felt so sick in my stomach when your son was just looking at you and lying. He was just lying. And I sat there like, but like, I don't think he was lying. I really think, but oh, I I went home and I told my husband and this was like one of my best friends. And I sat there thinking like it hurt. And, and, and well, that and, was and more the, of an I think outward. the important thing to say here, Shannon, is was one of her best friends, if that if that tells you anything. But we've had a lot of conflict with friends and family over it. And I like to avoid, Shannon will tell you, I like to avoid conflict as much as I can. It's toxic. It's as a layer of stress. And it really was hard on relationships. What about your relationship? I think men and women handle it a little bit different, right? And it's like whoever or who's ever with the kids more often, right? Or who has, you know, because you have different roles or different 
things that you're doing, you know, so he's working for most of the day. So I'm getting the phone calls. I'm dealing with the teachers. I'm dealing with my son, you know, and then the different way we handle things and, you know, who's done more of the education than not. And, you know, and I'm just like, right. And then Jordan's like, well, I'm at work, right. You know, trying to make the ends meet exhausted at the end of the day, you know, coming home and yeah, that battle of, who's doing more and who's doing, but it really, unless I don't think I'm putting words in your mouth, but it really comes out of nobody knows what to do. So people are scared and then you're angry and you're, and you're frustrated. Would you say that? Yeah. And any any differences that uh, Shannon and I have are amplified, right? Because we're both required to work as a team to sort of respond to these teachers and things. and, And we just have different approaches and, and then, you know, couples having an opportunity to spend time together, that's a hard thing to do when you can't leave the house because you don't know what your kids are going to do. And anyone you have coming in doesn't seem to really get it or, you know, watch them appropriately and you lose the support there. And it's really, it's hard. Yeah. Well, and then like, like I'm very proactive. Like I'm very about things like, no, you tell, like we need to tell them and do this. And he is more of like, well, let's do it in this roundabout circle way. So we're doing it politely. And then, you know, and so then those differences in itself, trying to address the issue that doesn't mean one way is right and one way is wrong, but it causes contention, you know, huge contention. And uh, it's, I can see the definite yin and yang going on right here. Right? One's impolite and one's polite. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, I, I know my role. And, and the fact that you guys are laughing now, even like six kids, that's hard. It is hard. And then on top of it, two twins on the spectrum. And I'm sure where you guys are in Utah, right? There's, I don't know if it's a robust understanding of FASD. Were you like me? Did you ever think like, is this going to be the rest of my life dealing with meltdowns and school issues? I feel like it's a progression of like, you don't think that right until I don't think we ever thought that until we knew what it was. And then we're like, okay, yeah, they are not growing out of this, right? Because you don't know that it's that. So you continually think, oh, people go, oh, my child had ADHD, but he's way better now. He's grown up. He's gotten out of it. He can handle all of this, you know? And so you feel it with the other diagnosis that the doctors give you that- Well, you keep waiting for when's the magic pill or the right prescription that's going to fix the problem. And now it's more, you know, so it will end, right? When is the nightmare going to end? And now it's more of a, what do we do? We're going to manage this for a long time to come. But, you know, the understanding helps quite a bit where before it was, you know, you're sitting there, you don't have any of the answers and now you feel like you do. And it's just a matter of working through it. Well, and then it's trying to fight with saying like, no, I know why he's like not knowing what it was and going, no, I know this is, this is, he's not lying. He's not lying and trying to convince other people, but you don't have anything to back you up on that. You have a gut instinct that, you know, my child, I don't know why he can't remember. I can tell he can't. You know, I can tell he doesn't know what he's saying and, and there's no why to back that up, you know? I gotcha. And so and that was the hardest. Of, how'd you find us, Chandra? I'm assuming it was Chandra Jordan. That, uh, it was Chandra. She I, gets okay, better. Right? <laughs> uh, tell me, I, I don't even know that. I don't think I've ever asked you guys that. Yeah, so, well, we found out it was FASD. Like, that was really a fluke because it was during the IEP process and fighting with the school. And I said, you know, we've been told about, I know their, their birth mom, did drugs and did alcohol, we should like look it up. And we looked it up. I think my husband, I can, I can visualize it happening. Like he was sitting on the couch. He starts reading down the list of what it is. And we were like, (laughs) no, I, I, everything's uh, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. And so then I think I started because we were, there was so much isolation, so much loneliness. Then you're like, oh my gosh, I need to find out as much as I can about this. Right. And I think I just went on Facebook and I started Googling different like FASD groups and I found yours and I added to it and I got added to it and just being a part of that Facebook group and then hearing about the caregiver. I had wanted to be a part of the caregiver Kickstarter. I think I'd, you had just started one and I was like, no, no, I want to be right. And so I think we waited like a year until it opened up again. And I was like, I remember the post. You're like, I'm coming in. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I'm coming in. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, I'm gonna be there. Sorry, you you had you had presented. We did a virtual 
meeting with you at the University of Utah. They were doing yes, something. Did. And oh, so Chandra, yeah, Chandra yes. had found it. She invited both of our parents to attend. Wow. And so the six of us managed to make our way down there. And, and we, we sat through. Lots and that was the first time there, I heard right? about. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first time I heard about, you know, dismaturity and your little, uh, the big clip and oh, stuff. Oh, that and, was so good. Which was really sort of an eye opener for us and, and helped put things into really provide a, an image. That's how I learned, right? Like, so, because, again, I'm not a Rhodes Scholar in any sense of the, you know, before I did any of this FASD stuff, high school is as far as I had, but somebody taught me practically like that. And then once I figured that out, I was, I'm able to explain all the symptoms all right. in those terms, like metaphors and analogies and breaking clips down. Uh, that's cool. I didn't know you guys uh, were there. Lindsay was yeah. there too, right? And Becky and you guys didn't know. And uh, Yeah, Becky, Becky. I don't, I didn't know Lindsay. I still haven't really met Lindsay yeah, yet. Um, was Becky enough. was there. Yeah, Becky, Becky, Becky Lindsay her... and Spencer flew from Florida because uh, their mom was there. Yeah, that was a cool time. Cool. Okay. So enthusiastic. You jumped in to the caregiver kickstart because you like the free group, which, you know, we got lots of people in there and they like it. What did you find about the caregiver kickstart? Like, how did that help? The caregiver kickstart group helped me to be able to put it on my schedule. Right. And these are the calls. These are like, there was specific like modules that you would have out that like I knew like when they would come out and when we needed to listen to them. And they're ones that before the next one came out, I could continue listening to it. If I, you know, and I wasn't having to go and search for it and look for it on Facebook, like there was. And for me, that's the best way for me to get things because I have such a hard time getting on the computer in general. And I have a hard time, like, you know, so knowing that there was a schedule knowing like that i mean it helped me to stay on and to continue keep that education going weekly yeah you know and, and more than just weekly and you know we release a module it's almost like once a month because we know you guys are so busy so that like you don't feel last thing we want to do is add stress right our goal is to take it away so you know if, if we were kept releasing releasing we, we le- i learned that geez seven years ago not to do that and then you have time and then you know there's a big gap when the next one comes and it kind of it ramps up there and you're right having a schedule and everything is organized um, i loved that you learned that right because when you i remember you saying that like hey I, like in the day i've learned that you guys need time that it's too much all at once and i was like it was the best way to do that like in a slow manner because it would have made it feel impossible like to, like you feel like it's another thing you're failing at right like i can't keep up i can't do this you know and so I feel like we all just need that slow pace. Yeah. So like, that's why it's six months. That is why yeah. the coaching program is six months. Now, like, obviously you're there doing it. And typically that we had lots of dads last class, which was awesome. Jordan, how did it work for you, right? Being a full-time working dad, how were you able to learn the stuff? How did it work? It worked pretty well. I think we put it on the calendar. If it was, if I had an opening or a chance, it was during the day, I'd be able to call in if I had some time or in the evenings worked. A lot of those calls we had originally were later in the evening, which helped. But just jumping on, you know, Shannon and I would be tackling the tasks around the house while listening at the same time. Yeah. It was, you know, very conducive to that. And, you know, with the modules out there, I wasn't as, as good at getting through them as, as Shander was, but we certainly talked about them. And, you know, it really was a great environment for that. You know, from my perspective, you know, in terms of the benefits of the program as well, just listening in, you know, was such an eye opener in terms of understanding our children and recognizing the value in sort of answering the questions that we didn't have answers to originally and how it would help alleviate or address some of the stress levels we had in our home. It was, I mean, it was a fantastic way to, to do that. And to do it with people that understood. We had lost some friends. We had strained some relationships with family. And so your support group tends to shrink in those cases. It's nice to be able to tap into another group that can really just automatically know where you're at instead of you having to give the backstory and convince them that things aren't going well or convince them that your parenting style is not wildly inappropriate and the cause of all of your issues at home. So it was really a great place to, to do that and feel better about yourself, honestly, you know? Yeah, well said, because, you know, now all of a sudden you have a hundred friends and Chandra, you not only made friends, but you've made friends that you've gone to visit that are also a part of the group, right? Yeah. 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 
Tell me about and that. Have, like you went and saw Jen, and I'll get her permission because I would love to post a picture of yeah. her video. So you met another member, Jen, and your kids yeah. went camping. Tell us about it. So we were actually going up to Yellowstone, and we were on the call, right? And I think we knew where everyone was. Jen was also on your podcast. like yeah. So we already like knew of her. Like, you know, after she was on your podcast, they look her up and watch all of her videos. Like, so there was one, the Christmas one is my me and my kids all time favorite. But I remember I was like laughing and saying, Oh my gosh, this is so funny to my kids and my son who is super emotional. He's neurotypical. But that's his one downfall is super emotional. And, he, and I played the song and he sat there and I'm like laughing hysterical. And he goes, Do you really think we're like that? And he was like almost in tears. And I was like, Well, yeah, <laughs> but I love you. But it's not your fault. Like, don't you think it's like that? And I, I mean, and yeah, so it's really funny. So anyways, Jen, I knew that she lived over in that area, Rexburg area. I went to school in Rexburg. So I have family in Shelly that's by there. And so I was like, I, I just reached out to her. I'm like, hey, we're coming down. We should stop by and meet you guys. And she was like, yeah, come on over, you know? And so we did. We set up a time to meet them on our way to Yellowstone. And so we stopped by their house. Our kids just, she, th- she's known to my kids as Quincy's mom because Quincy, they, they, she, they think they met her two daughters and Quincy and they just like at the time just loved, like just got along with all of them, but he was known as Quincy's mom. Him and Aiden were just like hilarious together when they were there. Yeah, and that, so that's why it's like, <laughs> that is and then, so nice, man. yeah. And then she has come down here. She came down here for. So there was a Facebook group that had a get together at a hotel kind of conference and she was going and I'm like, I'm just going to come see you at the hotel and hang out in the hot tub with you and, and have some fun. And then she's like, you should come to the conference. I was like, I don't think I can. I really don't. And she's like, make it work. And so I did. And Jordan did a birthday party all by himself. Oh, right. <laughs> like, that kids over. <laughs> right. I mean, that was like, that was hard for me to let go of. Sure. Sure. Because for like, so long. You've been hovering and you felt like, yes. you know, besides Jordan, the, the only one who can manage. And, and now, you know, he's got some knowledge, you know, he's going to do his best. And you were able to go have a good time. Yeah. And so hey, and no one, no one's there. ever died on my watch. So. There we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, that's, that's something you got to hang your hat on. Uh, yeah. in, in terms of advocacy, Chandra, right? Because now you've had to go back to the school and you've been, as far as I remember, get some combinations. How has the caregiver kickstart help in that way in terms of advocating for your wounds? So much. I mean, it gives us facts to be able to take back to them. It gives us it like gives references. Us com- I think it gives, yes. us, and it gives us confidence. I mean, we would walk in. I still remember when we started the IEP process, we didn't know what we were doing. We got through halfway through the IEP process. We still didn't know what we were doing. We hadn't diagnosed the kids yet. Then we did, and we still didn't know what we were doing. But after taking some of the, the coursework and, and learning about not only FASD and our children, but how to communicate those points, it allowed us to feel a lot more, you know, confidence is a big deal. You go in with a level of authority or certainty. We can say, no, this is what our children have. And this is what they need. And here are some sources of information which supports that conclusion. Yeah, man. It kind of speeds up the process a bit to the point where if the school or whoever we're talking to doesn't listen or doesn't apply, we can always go back and say, you haven't taken what we've said and put it into action here. Let's do that first before we do move to the next thing. So it really, it's helped us take more control, I think, of the accommodation discussion not that we didn't have be, in the past. It'd be like, well, what the heck do you parents want? And and we'd sit there like, I don't something that works, right? <laughs> right. But, uh, but now we have a list of things we can start with, right? I mean, and we can narrow that list down and you know refine the process because more of a matter of refinement than one of exploration and with no discovery. Mm-hmm. So, so one thing I nice. I would say is that me and Jordan on IEPs were, has never been on. He's agreed with me, but as far as going in there and him having that confidence to like, you know, he was like, I, we would fight coming home. Like, why didn't you back me up? Why didn't you say, why are you holding their hand and making them feel like the things that they're doing are okay. Right. And I would get so angry. And I think it's because he didn't have, like, I wasn't confident, but I knew that what they were doing was wrong. But for him, he is such a logical person. He needs 
reason and logic and all of these things behind it. That hey, I'm an emotional <laughs> being too, you know? I'm a man. It reminds me like Peter Bankman, right? From Ghostbusters. I'm a man. Well, I tell Jordan, I'm like, I, everything I do, I feel from my gut. That's just how I am. Yeah, I react gut word, and he reacts like, that does so, not make sense. Cere- we well, not- we like to call it cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in either but, way well, you know, what we, I was going to say was yeah. well, it, it, has, it has really helped in his confidence because he has that backup that when I like I round him up like we had a friend that we've been helping with his IEP and I'm like let me bring Jordan too because I feel like together with me and Jordan I add things but he adds the things that I don't think of sure. right and the things he doesn't think of I add and so I as much as like it really so hard on our marriage in like so many ways where I'm just ah! <laughs> you know, and I, I know where it comes from you know that a lot of it is just the stress but it, at the end of the day I'm always like oh let me round up my husband I'm gonna get him on this IEP call too and I don't well, think there's a lot of guys out there that like a lot of my friends it's just them going in on their own yeah. to do the IEPs and I feel like him being able to take these courses to learn about it to have that structure of knowing, okay, this is what I need to listen to next instead of, because I don't think men just go and say, oh, I'm going to look for all this self-help stuff or, you know, and so having that structure for him, having him know where to go look for things and what to listen to, I feel like it has been huge for him and his confidence because he is so good at, he's gotten his progression of, as soon as he had that confidence, his ability to advocate, to say the things he probably wouldn't have said before have been so good. Yeah, I mean, so, so since you're speaking about me, Shan, real quick, I, I think one yeah. of the big... I love it. <laughs> collaborate there, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think one of the challenges is, you know, especially in those types of settings when the school's involved, you have career professionals in childhood development, supposedly, right? Sure. Those who've put in 30 years with special education, and so you feel as though there must be something that they're bringing to the table that's going to help fix a situation. And it's not until you realize, you know what, I don't care if you've had a hundred years of experience, if it hasn't been with this particular type of issue of brain damage, right, of this FASD diagnosis, you're not well equipped because the normal approaches to solving problems, whether it's with autism or if it's just ADHD, the traditional in the traditional sense, you know, the mitigating strategies don't work. And so it ends up just creating more problems down the road. And so when I would go in without having the information to help back me, I would obviously feel like I had to defer to these the experts. Yep, that's fair. And they really weren't, in this particular instance, the ones that are most educated. So coming in prepared was made it a lot easier to be comfortable in sort of asserting some points of view that might differ from what they were recommending. Well, I'm finding they're not really... In general, what I'm learning is that the IEP process, the reason why it sucks so bad is I'm like, I've asked the principal, I'm like, what training do they have in these IEPs? He's like, well, it just kind of downfalls to who is in this position and then they're the ones that handle the IEPs. So what I'm finding is these people who are doing these IEPs have no experience before. They're learning as they go, right? And it's a disaster for any disability to be quite honest, the IEP process. But but I think, I think um, you certainly have the curriculum and training that is offered throughout the course of their professional career is going to be geared more towards those that are well-documented, understood and accepted like autism and ADHD where they're going to have behavioral plans, right? And recommendations. And And then uh, you have a kid on the spectrum that looks normal, talks normal, and then calls you an a-hole. Right. And they don't realize it's brain or that they're lying when now that they know it's confabulation. Chandra, do you have an answer for that now when people say your kids lie? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just say no. no, Well, actually, I did that friend. We found out like a week later, you know, and I said, guess what? I found out we realized it was FASD. I know you thought he was lying, but like I knew he wasn't. But now I know why. And it's a short term memory. And he can't even really answer those who, what, why, which I didn't even hear those, learn those details of until your course. I just knew the short-term memory. And then you, your course, you get in and you learn the details of like all of that, you know? And she just kind of was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I know it's not a big deal to you, 
but it was really a big deal to me to find that out. And, and that's kind of how you fill out the school is we found out it was FASD. We went in there, we had this paper, all this paperwork and we're like, we have an answer. Like, this is what it is. And that was the worst meeting ever because then it was like, we're inconveniencing them because now we're changing it up. Now we're telling them there's more, but we actually have the answers. And that was the meeting. I ended up walking out in tears because they were like, what more do you want us to do? Right. And we're like, we just found all the answers and the reasons why. What do you mean? What more do I want you to do? Like, because they don't this is know. going to help us. Yeah, they don't know. And but it's good to know that since then you've walked back in, you know, with Jordan. You know what to do. You know how to help. It's incredible, right? And it's a big deal to you, and it's not a big deal to them because they haven't been the ones lying awake at night, you know, just trying to rack your brain about what to say, what to do, why it's doing that. They don't get that. And they don't get the conversations. You try to have a be a normal married couple, but it always goes back to your kids and you're always brainstorming on what to do and you don't do. And so it's nice to now, we know what it is. We know why it's happening. We know what to do about it. We know we're, we have a game plan going in. That's perfect. Here's my last question, Chandra, because you were in the last class. And there are people that are watching this who are maybe on the fence or they're not sure. Is this going to help me? Is this going to work for me? I can see them. What would you say to a mom who just isn't sure about doing this? I feel like as moms, there's things that you're just like, oh, do I have the time? Or I've spent so much money on so many things. Is this going to be the fix? I think is what always comes to my mind. Like I'm in the process of deciding whether or not I want to sign up for this IEP course. And I'm still like, is it worth it? Is it worth the time? Right. And a hundred percent, we would not be where we are educational wise on FASD had we not taken this course. And it's more than just an education, right? You know, I tell everyone all the time, oh my gosh, yeah, we, we've taken this six month course and we still, there's calls a couple times a week. Like there's so many things that are involved that come. It's more than just an education. It's your lifestyle. When your kids have that, it is part of your life and you have to have something like this to sustain it, to understand it. And a few postings or checking things every once in a while on Facebook or on the internet or looking up things are helpful. But unless you have something that you are doing, like with Jordan, sometimes I'll be like, have you listened to anything in a while? I feel like you're acting like you haven't. Go listen to something. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's the. And she says it way nicer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's there because it doesn't go away, and it's it's grounding. I even need it. Like I can't tell you how many trainings I would go to, and then after a while, things are getting good, and then you sort of slip up, and you don't do the basics as you would when things are good, and then you go back to a training, and you're like, oh, that's why. This is where, and yeah, we have yeah. it all in one place. And, and I loved that it was both, that we could talk to you, right? Ask you questions, be involved in that. And then other times it was listening to a speaker and getting the different Dr. Mella. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I can, not a like, big deal can, to have one of the big psychiatrists in the world with FASD. And you're able to ask, ask him questions. Like, yeah. man's oh, the, he's a saint. Huge. Yeah, well, and if, huge. I can, if I can just add, though, you know, from a guy's perspective here. On That's this, what I was uh, going to That was my next question. Yeah, I, I figured. Because you um, know there's dads listening in the background right now. Yeah, and, and if you're ever sick of hearing your wife tell you what to do, it's nice to hear it from somebody else occasionally, right? No, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing for me in this whole exercise and, and joining the, taking the classes and participating in the support group is, you know, like we said at the beginning, relationships are strained. There's a lot of stress at home. There's a lot of confusion. You know, if I'm trying to think what life not only was like back then, but what would it be like today as other issues have presented themselves with our children? Sure. Had we not understood what was going on, what would that be like in the home? And, you know, something I told Shanna before the call when I was thinking about is just our relationship with our kids. It's a real difference it's a paradigm shift when if you kind of switch the lens by which you're looking at the world and you try and take into consideration what your child's really going through and how they perceive things the compassion the empathy and the understanding of where your child's at i think can save that relationship between the parent and the child. i mean because it was strained it still is there are days when i get so fed up with my twins yeah. but it's going back to understanding 
the mechanisms that might be causing that reaction or that response. It's going back to the coursework and saying, what can we do to help manage the environment around us? And, and it's going back to the support group and just having a sympathetic ear, someone who can really understand where you're coming from. And it's not just Chandra now telling me what she's learning through her filtered version. Hearing it firsthand, I, you know, for an optimal outcome in the home, I imagine you really have to have in a two-parent situation, both parents need to be on the same page and kind of drinking from the same fountain mm-hmm. and, and having a similar strategy and that connection point in order to, to make sure that it's going to work. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a really I, very helpful for me just from an understanding the kid's perspective just understanding where they're coming from and stopping and saying, okay, discipline doesn't work. Taking away, not the best solution right now. What is it that triggered it? What can I do? How do I get him out of the mood and sort of hit the reset button? And those have all been very helpful. You guys- I mean, and key tips, key tips of like, what do we do when he's out of control? I mean, things that we're learning, like, you know, we learned in the classes, like basically once they're dysregulated, they're nothing. Like, and that's an aha moment. It's like, there's nothing you can do. So it's trying to help before they're dysregulated. So I was on a call and I was telling Jordan about it. And I'm like, you know, there's these, say these things like, oh, my son is so dysregulated or perseveration. And I, so many times I have people go, Oh, what does those, what does those mean? And I'm like, I'm talking the lingo. Like, and I, I forget that I probably didn't even know what those meant before we started the class. Yeah, you know? it's amazing and, now that, and I always stop people and I say, listen to the words that people are using, right? Limbic system, confabulation, dismaturity, sensory issues, proprioception. Like you don't Sensory start seeking, that. sensory yeah. um, avoiding. And <laughs> so, like, what? But that's why it's a six month journey. Because, yeah. you know, we do it slow and we go slow. And when it's easier to learn when there's no judgment and no fear of resentment from other people. Hey, and you know, Jeff, when there is judgment from others, you know, now for me, it's a lot easier for me to kind of step in and feel comfortable in saying things like, you know, I don't do, normally do it when, they, when my child isn't with an earshot necessarily. But, you know, we've had altercations where you turn around and say, you know, it's brain damage. You know, it's not sitting there like, I don't know what's wrong with my son. He's kind of acting up. He's like this. You know, you just say, the kid's got brain damage. Have some sympathy and get off my back. And feeling comfortable about saying that as opposed to before when you're just always going like, why is my kid acting this way? Why did he try and start a fight over here? Why did he say the things he did to this kid? And so with neighbors and everyone else, there's sort of like that toolkit. You just jump to and you can just rattle off some things. Not necessarily perseveration or any sensor related. Yeah. Well, and then one of the things is, you know, we took our parents to your first class that you had done at the University of Utah that we are a part of. And, and, you know, we think like, oh, we're getting on the right step. Like they're going to understand this, right? And they have, like, they've listened to things sometimes, you know, they'll send a book, they've read a book, or they've done these things, you know, but there's still no understanding, right? Well, and, and really Shane, I think that's the point, well, though, is the thing, what the I'm saying is the point, right? of, yes, the point yeah. of the education and how it continues. And then even after the program, right, like once we've gone through the program, there's still continuing education that we've been able to continue to be a part of, which is huge. And you see it in, you know, the family members that are trying to help but because they're not consecutively doing it you see the negatives from not continuing on yeah we're reprogramming ourselves in terms of the parental code right as to what's appropriate to do and not appropriate to do in various situations and without the constant reminders it's very easy to fall back into the old patterns of what we were raised with right or what our parents had done with us it requires a really active thought process you have to be engaged you have to be thinking about it you have to be reminded of it or else you kind of lose that so so you guys are awesome if there was like an espn version of an fasd commentary show you guys should be (laughs) pardon the the fas interruption you guys are but this is you like this is you guys and you know for the people who decide to come on board for the next class you guys will be there you are an active part of the community i'm glad you found us Sorry you had to wait a year, Chandra. I, uh, but, uh, but maybe waiting that year made you extra ready. And yeah. It was just a pleasure to talk to you guys. And I can't wait to see. Before we go real quick, because I have two minutes, but are we allowed to, because this won't be like until October, can we talk about what Ava's doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell me like in, in two minutes, because when does the show start? 
the show's been going on. It started back in June, I think. And it no, runs. rehearsal started in May. May in May, but I'm saying the, the, the show, show started, started end of June. End of June. Yeah, and, and so it goes like, through mid October. Okay, so it's a real deal, right? Like it's almost like a. So it's a regional theater. So it goes Broadway, regional, like community. So it's and under so regional, Broadway because I saw yeah. this at School of Rock, right? And she is. Yep. Yeah. The, she is one of the people. That dude who's playing Jack Black is almost like. Or I say that, but that character is almost yeah, yeah. like him. Yeah. He did the touring Broadway nationally right before this, too. And so she got a part. It's a singing part. I hope well, she, um, it, I it's, it's hard. It's tough because, like, everybody can sing on the show. But, you know, we have, from a parent's perspective, we're very proud of our daughter. I mean, she just blows them away. She's like the first act. She doesn't really have any parts because she's supposed to be like this non-talking, shy individual who finally comes and out of her shell. And like she belts kid. out Amazing Grace. Then she's got another solo afterwards. And it's I've seen it about 20 times now and I don't get tired of it. So it's... it's and doing the audition with her, they were like, well, one thing we're concerned about is her being able to, you know, when you're in an outdoor theater, you really have to project a lot more and use your voice a lot more. And if you're not using it in a healthy way, you can lose your voice. And then that's really not good with all the performance they're doing. So they're like, one thing we're worried about is her being able to, you know, maintain singing healthily throughout the entire process because it's such a long show, like ongoing show. And she does like music dance theater already, but we started doing some private voice lessons for her and helping her with that. And she's not had any issues. Like she's had a cold and she sounded awesome with getting through it sometimes with a cold. We are just well, so proud of her. She doesn't have a formal diagnosis. Is there any accommodations that have been made or is this just where she fits? This is just is where it? she fits. This is, mm-hmm. I mean, she just thrives in this. And you've talked about it in these calls and things, the need to find things that your child can succeed in. She just thrives and loves it, every bit of it. So I she's, love it. Mm-hmm. And I she's love it. She, ever since she was little, but has been able to like memorize things. And so what Jordan said, finding those things, you know, learning about the spectrum and learning that there is a spectrum. It's interesting seeing the huge differences, right? Even just between our twins huge on where they are on the spectrum and how and one of your twins doesn't he like he listens to the podcast oh so like (laughs) every night aiden is like i need jeff noble jeff noble where's jeff noble and then whenever i'm on a call they're like mom is this one a live one or not a live one and even and gavin isn't as vocal as aiden about it but i'll be in the car i'll say hey gavin do you want to listen like i'm gonna listen i'm listening to this in my headphones do you want me to put it on speaker like, so you can hear it? And he's like, yeah, I do. Yeah, and he listens when you're to in things. the car, he's in the back and you're... You're you know what's interesting, too? Sorry, I know we're over, but real quick. That's Gavin yeah. has been playing uh, football. This is his first year, and he's been doing phenomenally well. And, you know, the interesting thing is, in his case, you know, he has trouble memorizing things, remembering mm-hmm. stuff. He, so he can't play on offense. He can't memorize the plans, the, the plays, rather. But they put him as safety which is more of a, you assess the field like and decide where you need more. to go. It's a reactionary position. And he has just done really well. You know, speaking with the coach beforehand and saying, you know, the struggles he has with memorization and, you know, retention of information, sort of looking at the playbook, he's going to really have a hard time. And so finding out a position that fit him, not just on, you know, his physical size and speed and everything, but in terms of his mentality, because he could be playing, if he had the plays down, he could do, Running back, he'd do wide receiver, he could do other things, right? But that would have been really tough. A well, and that was like, a... It's crazy, even for any regular person. That's, yeah. That's... But, but that's like, been one of the biggest things. understanding and jump there, we probably avoided a whole lot of potential situations in which he would have been frustrated and felt like a failure or wanted to pull himself out of it to instantly going into a position where he's been able to really perform well. Gavin um, doesn't like to talk about things and his disability. He's the one that likes to hide it and not let people know but i think listening to the calls listening to your podcast that we listen to listening to the different things inwardly gives him these aha moments of he's like oh yeah i do that right i do that and football they've been wanting to play for years but we just knew with their disability and how they acted how their short-term memory with the yelling that coaches do that we were like, we, we just can't. And this year was just the year Aiden didn't want to, we gave him the option and he didn't want to, but Gavin did. And he's been like, mom, I was hesitant. And I talked to the coach. I said, I don't really want him on your team. I said, you yell, 
and you like, and that's great and fine. But when my children, like they can't control it because of their disability, I said, because they forget things, Gavin, it's not that he's not listening and it's not that, you know, and Gavin said, mom, did you talk to the coach? Did you tell him about my brain damage? Did you tell him about my short-term memory? Like wants me now to advocate for him. And, and that's why we're like, it has been a huge difference being able to communicate that to the coach and just be like, Hey, this is what's going on with them. This is why we haven't put them in it before, you know? And I think finding that balance of, I don't think they could have done it younger because of the dismaturity and how other kids catching on, but, and maybe he could have, and it would have been fine, you know, but this has been a great year and a good start. And I feel it's been perfect, but we were super worried about it. But, but I'm, this, glad, I'm this, glad you see a future like that. So at yeah. the end of the day, do we, you know, we'll end it on this. Do you guys see a future for your kids? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. No, we do. But it's inter- it's crazy, like with the spectrum, how different each of their futures are, you know? Yes. But it's a better outlook than it maybe was yes. a year ago. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, honestly, for doing this. And thank you for allowing me to be a little bit of a part of all the kick-ass things you guys are doing. So hey, we really appreciate your Oh, help, you're like so. a member of our family, Jeff. Everyone uh, knows who you are. Everyone yeah, put me on the you. fridge. Put me on the fridge. You know, <laughs> I think I was going to do that for send all the members. One of those family photos that you guys could, myself, Tara, and Olivia, you can put us on our fridge. And then you'll have to come to Canada, right? You'll have to bring the, the group to Canada oh, when we all me, meet. Me and Jen, we're camping in Canada next. Yeah, That's yeah. We're coming. Well, Putting you together with Nikki and, and Baby Bones, I'm not sure about that, but I'll, I'll be lovely to hang out with Jordan. Guys, thanks so much again. I really appreciate you doing this. This was great. Yeah, okay. yeah we loved great. it. And well, we thanks for letting this. us. Chandra, Jordan, man, thank you so much. The transformation you guys have been through since being with us has been amazing, and I'm glad you could share your story with the rest of the world. It was fantastic. They are my version. Do you know the movie, I think it was a while ago now, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. I feel Chandra and Jordan are the FASD parents version of that now. But instead of espionage, it's IEP meetings. I think it's fantastic. Okay, I want to run down a few of the things here that they talked about that really helped them that was working for them. But to come right out of the gate, could you identify with when they were talking about the level of desperation that they had? Are you there now? Have you been there before? The questioning of their parenting skills, not only from other people, but having doubts themselves. That's not very fun, right? You're getting it from the outside and you're getting it from the inside yourself as well. He talked about the PTSD from calls from the principal. That is no joke. How many of you does your stomach turn when you get a call on your cell phone and it's from the school or from somewhere else that, you know, your kids are associated with? Because I feel that unless you're prepared, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop because you don't know what it's going to be next. You don't know how to manage it next. They really struggled to understand why their children were acting the way they did given the home environment they thought they were giving them. I thought that was really telling by Jordan when he said that. So I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth, but under the assumption that they thought they were doing everything right, that they were providing, that they were loving, and that they were being the best parents that they could, yet all these symptoms, all these behaviors were still happening despite of that, and they just didn't know why, because they just didn't know yet. But of course, you know, we have Chandra saying she had the mom intuition. She knew that other things were going on, even if she didn't have the FASD diagnosis, even if she didn't have the information, she could tell. For example, she talked about time. Time is a primary symptom for individuals on the spectrum, right? That is abstract. Time is different. Time, money, rules, those are all abstract concepts which our guys could have a lot of trouble with, right? She started using the language like perseveration, which is beautiful because you know, with our full coaching course, we teach you all the lingo. You're going to learn some in the free workshop as well. We're going to get you started. That is for sure. 12 years with no diagnosis, which is a crying shame in terms of the prevalence rate of this disability, right? Being two and a half times more prevalent than autism, one in 20 in the United States, waiting 12 years. It's worldwide. It is severely underdiagnosed. And she talked about her struggles that 
she knew he wasn't lying, but it looks like lying. And I know some of you might be listening to this and you struggle with that. Is it lying? Is it not lying? Or you might think, yeah, they're lying. They're manipulative. And again, I'm going to address all of that for sure in this workshop coming up this week. She knew kind of what was going on, but she didn't know how to explain it. And Jordan kept waiting for that magic pill, going to different doctors, just getting different diagnoses and different medication. But now realizing that what they have to do is they have to manage this. You know, they have to manage the symptoms of organic brain damage. And this is going to be for the rest of their lives. But it, instead of just waiting for a fix, it's not that we can't fix because you can't repair brain damage. But you can certainly enhance the development of the brain because the brain develops, the brain grows. So you can certainly increase functioning. That's the goal. Have your loved ones function the best they can on a consistent basis, right? Because what happens is, I don't know, I'll go on a little bit of teaching right here, but I can't help it. What happens is it's really hard for us as caregivers because they look normal, they talk normal. In some days, they are just on top of it. They are on top of it. So they are consistently inconsistent because they're on top of it. And then the next day, they could barely function. So how do we get them to optimally function consistently at their best? That is the goal. And of course, Chandra talked about wanting to do this last year, but we had closed registration. And so she was making sure she was jumping on it this year. I only do this once a year. I am the type of guy, and it might not be the best business practice, but for me personally, it works. I do this once a year. I get it out of the way. I take families, you know, like I round them up and then I work with them and I focus on that. It's not focusing on generating revenue and focusing on, I just do that once. It's just the way I work and I think it works because then I go to work on creating success like this. I like putting all my energy in because it takes a lot of energy to do that. So if this is you and you've been hanging with me for more than a year, do not wait. Do not wait. Jump into the free workshop. It's not going to cost you anything. I'm going to put the invitation out there to go further. But if you don't want to, no problem. If I didn't earn it, if I didn't prove to you that we can make things happen, that's no no hard feelings, right? Just see you next year. Not a big deal. But do not wait. Because what happens is, and what the difference is, is Chandra was talking about how the coaching program helped put it on her schedule. It was a part of her routine. You know, she talked about this is a lifestyle. Parenting, caring for an individual or individuals with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder is in fact a lifestyle. So putting it on the schedule. And she loved the fact that when we do release information, we do it in big intervals. We're not constantly feeding information because she said, I didn't wanna register for something that it was gonna be another thing that I fail at. I know we are constantly feeling like, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I gotta make sure my kids are okay. I gotta make sure my work is okay. I gotta make sure my spouse is okay. I gotta make sure my house is on order. I gotta make sure I'm going to appointments and doing. So then to add something else that requires you know more attention and you just don't have it so we release things in a spaced out way so that it's easy to consume and you feel good because you're managing and you're getting through it this past class had the most completions out of any class that i've ever done this i sent out more certificates to people's homes than at any time ever because i think we got it down in the pacing in which we put out new content for those who go the rest of the way with us and jordan said it was just eye-opening to hear from other people's perspectives you know we jump on calls and coaching calls and you can hear from people from all different walks of life all different areas it doesn't matter if your kids are younger or older hearing perspectives from where you might be going to next and knowing that there's caregivers going through it how they manage it how they handled it really telling is when jordan said and you're doing it with people that get it where you don't have to give them a backstory and convince them that this is in fact organic brain damage and your kids are just lying be manipulative, unmotivated, which is very true. You could just jump in. There is no shame. There is no blame. There is no judgment. We all know where you're coming from. And I love the story. That's the awesome story about Chandra and Jennifer getting together, two alumni being fast friends and having a great weekend together. Having the training and the education allowed Chandra to go to the convention, to go to the seminar. And Jordan, could you imagine dad, six kids, 
was able to manage a birthday party. So that is worth its weight in gold just to do that. So hats off to you, Jordan, for being able to do that. Then my favorite part is when they were talking about in terms of advocacy, giving them confidence. So not only did the coaching program help them learn about their kids and about FASD, it helped them communicate those points with confidence. And they had feelings of authority. How many times do you go into these dreading these meetings and feeling meek and overlooked and dismissed? There's nothing like walking with chin up, chest out and saying, all right, here we go. And I'm not talking about doing it in an adversarial way. I'm talking about being prepared, knowing what to say. And I talk about that in the workshop coming up this week what to say, how to say it, how to respond, how to build relationships with people. So when you go into those meetings, you can actually take control of the accommodation discussion. I love it. Because they used to fight after their meetings, but now they're working together. And now when she's advocating for other people, she's bringing her husband in. A part of this is the importance of having both parents on board. Now, never say never. If you're listening to this and you're the mom and you're out in the forefront, if you're same-sex marriage and the, your other partner is a little bit distant, we will get them on board slowly but surely the way we've designed it. I can hear dads. They listen in the background. There's a whole bunch of tips to do it, but to invite them in. If you're a dad listening to this, man, you play such an important role and it's not boring. If you're listening to this far, you don't think I'm boring. So don't be afraid to jump on board. Lots of dads in our classes this past year, which was really cool to see in the class kicking ass, as I say. And of course, Chandra talked about learning the language. There is a certain language to learn when you're talking to professionals. There are certain words that you have to know. And so not only do we teach you what those words are in relation to FASD, common language, teach you what they mean. Not only do we teach you what they mean, we teach you how to use them properly. We teach you when to say it. And it's not overly complicated because I don't know if you notice my lexicon isn't the most acute Right. And I am not a scholar. I could not go into a lecture with academics and have a intellectual conversation using their language. I just don't speak that language. So I speak my language. But you have to know some of their language in order to get through to them, because if you're not talking their language, they won't understand you. And there is a different language between professionals and us common folk. It's true. But you hear the cool things about what they're doing with their knowledge, not only the advocating, but they're creating success with their kids, with their young lady who is now singing in regional theater, which is one step below Broadway. That's freaking amazing. Their boy who is succeeding in football because he's slotted in the correct position. He's slotted in the right area. He is not in a position where he has to learn a playbook, which American football, it's nuts in terms of all the plays and if you ever listen to what the quarterback and what they're talking about, they're yelling all kinds of that would that gets me confused. So and it's designed to confuse other people. So if you have an individual on the spectrum, that could be really tough. So he is in a position where he can use his athletic ability, his instinct, his timing. I love it. This is what I live for. This is why I do what I do. This is why I'm standing here at like seven in the morning talking to you in a microphone in a room by myself because the off chance that whoever's listening to this says, you know what, I'm going to give this free workshop a go. I'm going to see what this guy is talking about. And to have you go from there into all the way through with us and to create success for you. We've done it over and over now. We So success can happen. If you are in a position that you don't want to be right now, if you look around, if you're waking up pissed off, you have to come, you have to come to the workshop and let me work really hard to invite you to move forward with us, okay? So there's no gotcha moments, there is an offer coming, so I, I don't play those games either, but I do want to show you, and I'm gonna teach you, I could easily charge for the free workshop, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, the amount of effort and work and value that we will provide to you, but there's like, it's so much more. And it's one thing to know about the disability. You're listening to this, you could even have lots of training, 
But when you are emotionally invested, one of the families that I've coached, the mom was a doctor, Dr. Simona Pacini. She doesn't care if I say her name. And she works for the National Institute of Health in Rome, in Italy. And she is the expert in her country of Italy with fetal alcohol. Yet she has a son. And I just talked to her the other day because I might be going back when things smooth out, which is excellent. I had a good time in Italy uh, last time I went. But she's got a son. So it's hard to see the forest through the trees when you are dealing with it emotionally. So having somebody sitting in the stands, let's say, who's able to watch the game and then to give feedback is easier than when you're actually playing the game sometimes. So I hope that freaking metaphor is sad. My goal is to create success. That's why I'm doing this and I want to create success for you. So if you've been listening to me for a while or even just brand new, what have you got to lose? The worst thing that happens is you show up, it's free and life continues. But I'm going to be showing you so much success from other individuals. I have like 20 of these interviews and I could have 20 more, but just timing, just timing. I want normalcy. I want you to not have to go to bed at night thinking what the hell am i gonna do as this kid gets up or he gets older or when i die i want you to know what to do uh, and create a good happy future for your kids who are confident and who are contributing to society and not consuming and that your mental health isn't in the shits and their mental health isn't in the shits nobody knows what they're doing and then boom placement breakdowns families break apart I know it happens and it doesn't need to happen. And you don't have to do this alone. So come do this with us. That's it for me. If you are listening to this and it's past the week of the 18th to the 22nd, there is always next year. You can still go to fasdsuccess.com slash CKS workshop and you can join the waiting list for next year. We only do this once a year. Okay. I love you. I really love you. I've been in your shoes. I know what you're going through and keep grinding, keep fighting. There's a way out. There is sanity on the other side. So until next week, keep up the good work and I'll see you then. All right. Bye.